and we are live. Yo, what's Great. up, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Coffee and Perspective with Justine. I have the great pleasure to bring you today um, my second guest. He's a very dear friend, and I can proudly say he's straight off the West End in London. Uh, please welcome my good friend, Mr. Richard Foster. Hello. Richard, thank you so much for, for joining me um, on my second episode. Um, yeah. And before we get going, I know a lot about you but most probably most of the people that will watch um, won't know who you are and what you do. So yeah, please give us a, a brief intro of you, where you're from, what you do currently, yeah. and, uh, okay. and we'll get into it. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so the, the way that I know Jace is we are both from South Africa. Um, so I was born and raised there on a farm in South Africa, um, but once I'd gone to a big city to go to school, um, I realized that my passion was performing. Uh, when I was about 14, I came to London on a holiday and I watched um, my first West End show and I was completely just obsessed with the idea of wanting to be on the West End. Mm -hmm. um, and I had some talent. I was able to sing and I started going to dance classes. Um, and then once I'd finished school, um, I... I actually started studying accounting. <laughs> I remember. I, I remember that. For, yeah, I yeah. did that for two years, and then, um, and then, even though I'd started what was supposed to be like a stable um, qualification, I knew in my heart that it was not what I wanted to do with my life. So I decided to come to London on another holiday. Um, but while I was here on holiday, I auditioned for drama school. Um, and so this, that's sorry, how I ended up. This, this was just to recall my memory. This was Mount View. Yeah. Mount View. That's Mount correct. View. Yes. Uh, so it's yeah. a, a musical theater. Well, it actually does acting, musical theater, and technical theater yeah. um, in London. Um, and I auditioned for Mount View. I got a place. I was very, very fortunate to get some funding. And that is what brought me over to where I am now. Um, mm -hmm. And since I graduated, I've sort of pursued, continued to pursue um, a career as a performer in musical theater um and yeah i'm very very proud of the life that i've kind of made for myself here in in london yeah it's um, great. i i i i mean like you said we've we've known each other for some time um where we actually started uh richard was at gray gray high mm -hmm. mpe um and i remember our first out of well my first out of school production um was showtime um, That's correct, and that that is where Richard and myself initially met. Um, yes, super super talented. Uh, what in uh, for those of you who, who aren't in the musical theatre space, uh, you can call it a triple threat, where you can sing, act, and dance pretty well. <laughs> um, and I always saw Richard as a um, as at that time as a triple threat. Obviously, during his studies, he's. Am I correct in saying that you specialized a little bit more in the acting side or was that yeah that would be that would be correct i think um i think sort of at the time compared you know considering where we were at that time um i was very lucky to to be sort of um capable in all three disciplines but i think um since i've studied i've realized that um even though i love dancing i think there are people who are more naturally suited to dancing that's not to say i can't but yeah. it's just to say that i think it's maybe not my top skill yeah. So I would say, and then also the school that I went to was very much focused on acting. On the acting. Um, yeah. yeah. So different drama schools have different focuses. Um, some are, some have amazing singers, some have amazing actors, some have amazing dancers. And a lot do produce people who can do all three, but um, generally the focus of the training is, is, is somewhere specific. So when yeah. you, you mentioned that you, uh, you, you were studying accounting then, um, mm -hmm. you got to get a more, I love the the stable job. Yeah. I love that. I love that term because um, actually, in the previous podcast, I was I was chatting about that there is no such thing really as a stable job um, no. nowadays. So, yeah. but even more so in our field of entertainment, that um, mm. whether it be film or stage or commercials or whatever, um, yeah, that that you you working from job to job. That's just the reality of it. Um, yeah. Um, and even those, you know, if, if you're doing rent on Broadway for 10 years, like you 99% of the time, you're not going to be doing the full 10 years on Broadway. Um, no ways. So, 
So, so we've got a very um, loop to loop, job to job type of. That's why there's that yeah. struggling musician um, uh, saying, you know. Like, yeah. You're yeah, and I think. And I think there are opportunities um, to 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 get some form of stability, and but very often those opportunities come with sort of a price to pay, which is that you then you then are giving up your you're traveling, your sort of your freedom, or your traveling, or, yeah. or, or yeah, exactly. Potentially, you've got to go on tour, and you've got to miss your family and stuff like that. But that then gives you a year worth of employment. So I think as an actor and as a performer, we're always kind of being pulled in 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 many different directions sure sure and if i mean let's say if you if you do uh manage to have a a, a good agent or manager or you know just someone that's mm. by your side um you could get script script from script but uh mm. in the end of the day you also want to try choose what's going to be right for you um and you know like you say some are going to be traveling gigs some are going to be local mm. gigs and mm. then my question with the accounting um mm. At what point did it click? I don't know in your feeling, in your brain, where you drive. Where did it click? At, if you can remember, at what point? I mean, I, 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 remember, I could actually remember the exact moment. You remember the exact moment where you went? Yeah. Screw this. This is not it. Um, yeah, yeah I, I remember the exact moment. Um, I, I was in a tutorial uh, for for my accounting um, degree, and um, the tutor, who was very very good at her job. Um, you know, very, very great at explaining things. And she, she said this one phrase, she said, the thing is, if you want to become a CA, a chartered accountant, uh, you really have to develop, you have to have a passion for accounting. You really have to develop, you've got to love accounting. And in that moment, I was like, I know that I can't do this. (laughs) And uh, balancing books and yeah. Uh, the thing is, I was perfectly capable of it. I was, you know, it, the reason I started studying accounting was because when I was in high school, it was something that I was naturally good very good at, yeah. um, which is why I chose it as a, as a, as what I was going to study. Um, I think ironically, you know, now as a 33 year old guy, I think if I could go back and if I could do it any other way, I would finish my degree, um, which is an interesting it's an interesting thought, but that's also just, I think that's more because I like finishing things but than, than yeah, me okay. necessarily so wanting to, that's what I was gonna to say. be an is accountant. It, that's what I was going to say. So is it because you, just because if you start something, you know, you want to finish it and you're yeah. like, oh, damn, you know, I should have just finished what I started with. Yeah. But then on, I mean, just in my brain listening to it, on the other mm-hmm. hand, um, let's say you finished it and you had that, that certificate, that piece of paper. Yeah. That then will, would have been your plan B, your backup. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. So throughout your journey and, uh, and I know quite a bit of your journey already, um, mm. would there, would have there probably been a point that you would have resorted to that plan B? Um, okay. So, uh, so what, one of the things that connects with me always wanting to finish everything I've started is me being very stubborn. Right. So I'm like, no, if I've started this, I really want to finish it. Yeah. But that also applies to me wanting to be a professional actor. So I think one of the reasons that I'm still a professional actor is that I, I am stubborn and I was not going to give up. Yeah. Um, even though, and I'm sure we'll come to this later, even though there were times when I very nearly did. Um, but so the reason that the, the way this answers your question is I would I don't think I would have given up, but I think I would have been able to use that piece of paper, that qualification, so that between acting work, I had some different ways. Well, yeah, different ways of making money because I think, um, and this is something that kind of came to light for me as I grew older, was that the ways that you make money between your acting jobs, as a lot of people have to do, that it seems fine when you're 21 and you're an usher and um and you, you're not making that much money but it's fine because you you're, you're auditioning you're free yeah, yeah you're all of that stuff then you know and there's that, that, that's not to say there's nothing there's anything wrong with being an usher when you're 33 but i just felt like every time i came back to being every time i finished an acting job and came back to to working my sort of other job I was always in the same place (laughs) I was always starting again as an usher and I've managed to actually 
um, develop my skill set so that that's not the case anymore. And now I now do other things. I still work in theatre. I still work um, on a zero-hour contract so that I can come and go. Um, but um, I've managed to very slowly grow um, my sort of side career as well. Whereas I think if I'd had a, a degree as an accountant, I think I could have been earning much better money between acting jobs right from the very start. Sure. Yeah, the, the, uh, and I mean, I've, I've also said this before about no matter what profession you're in, um, but particularly in the entertainment field where you do have to go for casting, you do have to uh, keep trying and it's, it's going to be a guarantee. Um, you need to try get, like they say, you know, get those, those several means of income, you know, get those yeah. revenue streams uh, coming in, even if it's small. Um, yeah. even if it is ushering or even if it is working like an admin position somewhere or waitering or whatever yeah. might do. But now mm. of course you are just speaking of, you could have, mm. instead of doing the previously mentioned, you could have then just done accounting in between. Um, exactly. Yeah. And I could have made myself useful like that. Who'd have said, who's to know that that would have worked because you know, some accounting firms would say, well, what, what do you mean you want to come work here for three months and then you want to go off and be an actor? Yeah. What do you mean you're going to need an hour off every week to go for an audition? You know, that it might not have worked, but in my head, that's kind of one of the reasons I wish I'd had that piece of paper so that I would have known. And, and you know, talking about, you know, um, doing other jobs, I, I was doing, when I was doing School of Rock on the West End, one of the guys I was working with, um, I don't know if it was every week or if it was every other week, but he, he still had his waitering job. He'd been there for a year and a half. Um, at School of Rock and he still kept his waitering job. He did, I don't know, I think it might have been 10 hours a week. Um, literally just just two shifts, 10 hours a week um, on, on top of his West End job. Yeah. And that was just so that when it, when he finished on the West End, he, could he had a job straight away. He didn't have to, yeah, he didn't have to, um, you know, so, so, you know, this sort of like having to several streams of income, it, it is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even if it, okay, you, you based in, in the UK. So, I mean, London's not cheap. Like, no. Uh, you, yeah. You, you need to have that supplemental form to pay the standard mm. bills, you know, on top of mm. maybe mm. what you would earn on, on the West end. Then your journey up until West end. Um, mm. uh, we have spoken about this just in, in our general FaceTimes and that in the past, um, it's a very real thing and it's not a right or wrong thing, but there's something called mm. typecasting, um, yeah. or for positions or roles, uh, just for those who aren't maybe familiar with, um, some of the casting processes and particularly with typecasting, um, mm. what, what has made it slightly difficult along the way. And this is not just for you, but this is for mm. anyone, um, mm. with regards to typecasting and going for uh, choosing the right auditions as well to go to yeah 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 I, I, that's such a great question actually because um i was on the phone yesterday to my friend alice and yeah. her and i um one of what it was one of my first jobs out of drama school and i think it was she was not long out of drama school she might have graduated a year before i did um and but we did this job together and it was pantomime um and we played at the age of God, I must have been 25 mm. and she's, she's the same age as me. And we played Sleeping Beauty's mother and father. Yeah. And so that kind of just it, it sums, up, sums it all up, really. When I was 25, I was already, I was already bald. Um, I had a little bit, you know, I could grow a beard if I needed to. Yeah. But even at the age of 25, I was already being seen as a father figure. Yeah, father figure. And same for Alice. She was, she was the, the mother. Mm. And... Um, and that's kind of been, and we were chatting yesterday because we're now 33 and we were both saying how we feel like our careers are starting to feel like there's a bit of momentum. Yeah. Whereas the first, you know, I graduated when I was 24, I think. Um, and the first five years were really, really tough. There were certain jobs that came along and thank goodness they did mm. um, because they, were, they didn't involve too much typecasting. But had I been just in the industry as it was before those shows had come along, I would have, I probably wouldn't have worked for the first five years, yeah. you know? Um, and so, so, so my struggle has been that I've always looked much older than I am. However, 
I actually have quite a young energy when I go into an audition. So my headshot, I look older and then I come into the room and my energy is quite young. So people have struggled for years and years and years to kind of see me right. on the older tracks. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that I'm then in the room with people who are 35 years and are 40 years old. Yeah. So, you know, if you're casting, if you've got a 20 year old female lead or 25 year old female lead, mm -hmm. and you've got the option of casting a 30 year old as her father or a 40 year old, and they're both equally talented, they both can sing the songs, they both can act the scenes, they're both good. You know, even I would naturally cast the 40 year old. And they look small, they're all, yeah. Yeah, so so I think from a typecasting point of view, it's uh, my career. What I felt like is I'm I'm always waiting <laughs> for well, myself well. to grow into my own casting bracket, yeah. and I feel like I now am starting to like um, I'm starting to be seen for things. But now it's weird because <laughs> I'm now auditioning for things, and I think I'm too young. <laughs> I'll be auditioning, you know. Yeah, some sometimes they they seeing me for like you know old like 45 years old. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's fine. I, I'm not saying I don't can't look 45, but I don't feel yeah. like I look 45. So then I'm like, oh, okay, there's a bit of work to be done mm -hmm. to make myself sort of. But I'm starting to be seen in that capacity and 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 getting through the auditions. You know, I've been in finals for for characters that are much older than I am, and um, mostly to understudy, which has also been a big part great. of my career. And I yeah. and I love I love being an understudy, but um, and you learn a lot. Yeah, learn so much and get loads of experience. But the, you know, I still feel like I've got a few years to go before I, before I really am able to play the roles that I'm now re right to understudy. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, sure. So for, for those that are watching, um, to to sum it up, there's it's basically going. You have you have talented people, and they can all be equally talented. Um, you might think that there's a lot that goes into it from a, from a casting director's point of view as well. So uh, maybe there's one particular role. It needs to be a 25 year old, um, let's say white male. Um, he needs to have a more rock sounding voice. He needs to be able to, I don't know, tap dance and uh, be an incredible, I don't know, ballet dancer, for example. Um, so there's a lot of criteria that they look for. Then once they get those, maybe they go, Oh, but we are actually looking for someone with, um, you know, a heavier beard or someone with mm. not such a heavy beard. So it, it can get really tricky when, um, when you get told no mm. all those times and you know that you're good enough, you know, you can sing those parts for that. Uh, you know, you can tap dance and you can do mm. the hundred pirouettes in a row. Um, you, I mean, you, I can't do that. Well, but sure. I, I don't know if I can do that. Um, you know, you can do that. But then you still get the no because they thought Joe Soap, mm. was, mm. You know, who was also auditioning for the part, maybe fitted it better because they liked mm. the way he yeah, yeah, yeah. or, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. or maybe they just, sometimes people will just go, well, let's see the CV. Um, mm. But to be fair, I know nowadays people, I mean, also in jobs, it's not just in theater. Um, mm. When in time, and people generally tend to not consider this the cv is not the guard anymore it's not like let's see your cv yeah. it's more mm. like let's see your talent let's see what we can do let's mm. see your counting skill set you know balance these books mm -hmm. let's see how mm. good you are first uh yeah. and then i'll look where you've worked maybe or where you stay yeah um or something like that um yeah i think i think that is a fair point i think um i think also um, casting directors and directors want to they kind of want to give you the benefit of the doubt. So if you're in the room, they want to kind of take you at that value. Yeah. I think sometimes your CV can help. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think your CV helps you get a job. I think it sometimes helps you get the audition. It, it can. Yeah. It, it can, it yeah. can help you potentially, but you know, <laughs> uh, well, this is, we, we, we speaking theoretically because, mm. I mean, I even know sometimes when we cast, there's we don't cast that often straight out of us, out of out of uh, university, out of the college, mm. um, and it's not a. But then the times that we have, it's sure they haven't got a ton of experience because they haven't mm. had the time because they're only twenty years old, you know, they're yeah. only twenty one years old, um, so they haven't had the time. The only footage they've got is from like their college productions or their college shows, yeah. but when they when you watch their showreel or 
you see them in the studio and they can bring it. Mm. It just depends. There's, there's certain productions or certain touring costs or, you know, for what, yeah. what you do where you can take a little bit of a gamble on someone that's very cool. Yeah. That's the, the yeah, term. yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing is like, everybody has to start somewhere. <laughs> everybody has to start. So, it's, it's that catch 22 where they go, well, we want in corporate business, for example, oh, we want um, five years of experience uh, in marketing. Mm. But then you're like, but I need that opportunity to get those five, five years. So yeah. who's going to give me that, that opportunity? Yeah. To get who's going to give me the first? And, and somebody does eventually. And that's, I think. Somebody does. And that's the, yeah. I think that's the, 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 the perseverance and the, the persistence. Yeah. Part. Yeah. 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 So, so through your um, leading up from grade PE schooling, mm through to drama school, through to the amateur um, slash semi-professional productions, um, mm-hmm. AKA non-paid productions for most of the yeah. time, um, all the way up until your studies. Mm. And then you finish your studies, you're out of college, like we were speaking about now, and mm-hmm. you've got this dream to be on West End or if in the States on Broadway, um, or even maybe just to be part of a touring cast. At yeah. Did you come to a position or place where, where you were going, you, you, you double guessed yourself. So am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Um, is this really what I'm cut out to be doing? Um, yeah. And should I keep pushing and keep uh, waitering tables while I can find that next audition? Yeah. Or do I just take the towel and go, I'll yeah, go back to or I'll, I'll, I'll move, I'll, you know, move back in with parents. I will, mm. which there's nothing wrong with doing. No, of course. Uh, but I, if, if there was, yeah. so, so where, where I, it's, it's difficult to know, to know the exact moment that mm. that happened, but I know, and we've had discussions before. And I, so I know it did happen uh, for me. Um, and this is kind of what I was saying earlier about, I was very lucky that certain jobs came along when they did. Um, because the first couple of years out of drama school, I was doing mainly um, pantomimes and children's theatre, which is great fun, absolutely amazing. Um, and but it, the main struggle for me was that they they didn't pay badly, but they the the, sh- the jobs didn't last very long. Yeah, short, so short contracts. Exactly. It's, so it's, it's, most of them are seasonal, though, aren't they? Yeah, like so you'll have an Easter show or we'll a Easter Christmas show, Christmas. you know, um, and it'll be like six weeks in, over Christmas or, mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe, maybe seven with, with rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did, I did quite a lot of children's theatre and then I did, as you mentioned, like some, some unpaid um, opportunities. Um, and it was quite interesting for me because um, when you mentioned about uh, unpaid jobs, it's like um, I... I'm very proud of, of the, the shows that I did that were unpaid. However, both times that I did an unpaid job, I came out financially so much worse off because obviously none of your expenses stop. Yeah. Um, you, you basically are, you're, you're not paying in because you're not giving anybody any money, but you're not getting anything financially. You're getting loads of you, you're, running you're not getting any. You still have yeah. to pay to get there. You still have to pay transport. You still have to, you know, you still have to live. And only for that reason, um, I only ever did two shows uh, that were unpaid mm-hmm. um, because uh, because I did it once and, and um, I sort of financially struggled, but I had a job to go back to. And then the second time I did it, I didn't have a job to go back to. And um, it, financially, it was just, it was too difficult. So it, I know a lot of people that have done um you know, unpaid jobs and they are great opportunities. You get the chance to play roles and you get the chance to be seen by casting directors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to have continued. And still, and still craft and still craft your skill as you go along. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and, and get that experience that people kind of look for. Yeah. But, um, I just couldn't financially do it anymore. So, um, I only ended up doing two shows like that. Um, and then, so, so that was the first, couple of years out of drama school and then i had a, a period but, of time so, but, where, but, still, but still that time where you were struggling financially you weren't you were still going oh i'm young enough i'm still pretty new in the game so i'm not going to throw the towel in just yet like, oh absolutely this, yeah this yeah, yeah. The life of a performer you know yeah um and then and then there was a stretch of time between so once i'd realized i couldn't keep doing uh, shows for free and um 
I was I was still sort of like happy to do children's theatre, but um, it, they were just just weren't coming my way. So, mm-hmm. like you said, like sometimes you get a lot of no's, and I got no after no after no after no. And uh, yeah, as you said, self doubt starts to come in. You think to yourself, you know, why why do I think I can do this, but these people, these three people behind mm-hmm. a desk, don't seem to think that I can do this, and I really really believe that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, um, well, it's like it's like you've almost got to like fake the confidence. <laughs> Um, because thinking about it now, because I've, because I've done the work that I've done, yeah. I know that I'm good enough, <laughs> yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas then I didn't know that I was good enough. Yeah. And, but, but, but isn't it, sorry to jump in, isn't it also as you, I mean, as you mature in the industry, not as a person, but as you mature just within the industry and you learn, um, mm. everything from, like the typecasting to the potential bureaucracy mm. politics that could be behind anything um, mm-hmm. like with any company. Um, mm. Isn't it maybe also because of that you, you learn to go a, you get to, you, you select which roles you go for better probably. Cause you know mm-hmm. what you've already got some, you've got the past seven, eight years behind you of being told yeah. no. And then you walk out of it going, well, that probably wasn't the right interview or that wasn't the right cast. Mm, that wasn't mm. the right, the right thing for me. Yes. Um, yes. but then, yeah, isn't it probably also the, the maturity over that time, um, yeah. that you've gained up until now, 33 years old, you go, yeah. well, now I know what I'm, what people look for. I know what they cap- what I'm capable of. I know what to do. Absolutely. And I think, I think, yeah, I think that you've kind of, <coughs> nailed, you've kind of summed it up brilliantly really is that, is that the, what I see is now like, oh, I'm just growing into my typecasting is actually I'm, I'm, I'm more aware of it. And I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm no longer going into auditions that I'm not right for thinking, oh, this is my shot because mm-hmm. I walk into those auditions. But then I have to say this, which is still to this day, sometimes I go in for jobs and I'm like, ah, what a joke. Like, this is completely wrong for me. I'm never going to get this. Um, it just couldn't be more wrong. And those are the jobs that I sometimes get. Sometimes so, get. so, then, so as much as I think I'm, I think I'm all like aware of my casting and stuff, yeah, yeah. but I'll sometimes go into a room and, and, and I don't even know what they're looking for really, because I don't think they're looking for something like me, but it turns out they are because they give me the job. Do you know what I mean? So, um, but, but School it, of Rock was one of those for me actually, because I'd auditioned for School of Rock once before yeah. and I thought to myself, Oh, well, I'm it's obviously I'm obviously completely wrong for this, and then, <laughs> and then yeah, I I, I got the job. So yeah. I'd obviously not thinking how aware I am of my own casting. I obviously wasn't completely aware. And then and then on that point, so um, you you're gonna probably have to correct me. Uh, you did first a touring cast with them. Yeah, that's correct. So Where did you I. Start? Uh, we went to Korea, um, South Korea. Um, we did. We played three cities in South Korea over the course of five and a half months, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um, but they cast the adults for the show from London, and the kids were cast from Australia because Australia already had a touring production, mm-hmm. um, and the I, I can't. There was, there was some logistical thing where they had children in Australia ready to do the show, but they. Um, but the adults from Australia weren't available because they were doing the show somewhere else with other kids. So it was very confusing, but basically we ended up getting cast from London to go to Korea and do the show there for for a few months. And then off the back of that, um, when um, I got back to London, there was an opening in the London cast because somebody had had to go and have an operation. And so, and it was the same opening that it was the same track that I had done in in Korea, which is a swing track. So it's yeah. learning all of them. Um, and I was lucky that that was the, sh- that was the role that was available because had it been another role, they would have asked somebody else, but yeah. it was the, tra- it was the swing track and five and a half months in South Korea touring. Then you yes. get back. What was the, just for my time frame? what was the, the gap between finishing your touring cost and jumping on West End? Uh, so we, we got back, um, from Korea at the end of September 29. and I, 2019 and I uh, went into the into the West End cast at the end of January 
Great. Um, which was actually perfect for me because I had to go home to South Africa in November for my brother's wedding. Yeah. So, you know, I was very, I was very lucky because sometimes as actors, as you know, we often have to miss sort of like important um, family events yeah. because of, you know, the, the producers a, don't, yeah, yeah. you in a contract. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I knew that my brother was getting, well, actually my brother was brilliant in that he, um, he said to me, look, if I do it on the 9th of November, I think it was the 9th, um, will you be available? And I said, you know what? Yes, because I'm doing School of Rock. That finishes on the, uh, on the 1st of November, basically. No, 1st of, 1st of October. Um, so I'll come to South Africa middle of October through to the middle of November. So I'll take a whole month. Oh, I'll man, come to South Africa and I'll do, yeah. And, and, and I just told my agent that and I was like, look, I know I'm going to miss out on auditions. I know that, that, that these that I, I'm going to miss jobs, but I'm not prepared to miss my brother's wedding sure. um, for that. And because I'd just done a show, I had some savings and I was able to just do it. Yeah. To have a, have a, have a bit of a break. And then uh, just very quickly for those who might be interested, what was your, as a first time on West end on the London's mm -hmm. West end, what uh, in a nutshell, what, what was it? What was it like? What type of feelings did you get? Um, what type of, now that you're with with that with the school of rock, what uh, yeah um, personal and I'm going to say personal because of course everyone's yeah different of course different journeys. Um, but what was your personal take on your very first experience on the West End? Um, well, it was an interesting one because I was taking over from someone, um, so I was stepping into an existing cast. I wasn't able to rehearse with these people. I was really I didn't know them. Room. Yeah, so that was that was a bit mad. Um, but I think that kind of made it very exciting as well. Um, yeah, what I mean, the, the West End is like this dream that we all have. Not all of us, but like if you're in musical theatre and, you, you know, the West End is a dream that you might have. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it was very, very interesting because the show was the same show that we did in Korea. In Korea. <laughs> so, just with different um, yeah, just with different people. And um, it kind of which is something I've suspected for a very long time. Um, Cause I think when you're 14, you think the West end is the West end because everybody must, everyone must be much better than everyone else because they're on the West end. Mm. And then I think you go through drama school and you start working in the industry and you start to realize that the West end is just one place where lots of shows happen. Um, and that doesn't make the dream of wanting to perform on the West end any less, mm. but it does just make you, um, Put some things into perspective now. Yeah, it gives you a bit of perspective. Um, it doesn't feel like that's oh, not, that, oh. that's, that's that's not the end of the rainbow. Exactly, and also, um, I think I think the danger with thinking that you have to be a certain amount of good on the West End is thinking then when you book a touring show, you think, oh well, I'm obviously not good enough to do the West End. And here I am, living proof that mm -hmm. if you've done the touring show, you are you are more than capable and okay. as capable as the people that are doing it on the West end. Yeah. There's really, especially today, I think, you know, um, shows, shows are, have such high requirements that they can't really compromise. They have to find good people to do all the productions yeah. of their shows. Otherwise the show will suffer. And, and um, to, to, be, to be fair, I, I'm, I'm, I, I know personally people that have done um, uh, West end and then they've, they've gone on to do touring costs and then Absolutely. they've done, and then they've done those same productions on cruise ships. Yeah. And then, so it doesn't mean that one's any less than the other. It's just different exactly. circumstances, different casting, different time in your life, yeah. in your career. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so from that point of view, getting onto the Western was um, really, really magical from the point of view of it had just been a dream that I'd always wanted to achieve. So yes, I've achieved tick. that now. Yeah. Amazing. Tick. Yeah. Um, but then also kind of, yeah, as you say, perspective, it kind of made me go, okay, cool. This is the West end. Um, it's, it's not the be all and end all of everything. Mm. Um, that's not to say I don't want to perform on the West end anymore because I think performing on the West end would give me loads of other things that, um, that have become important to me, the older I've become, the older I've gotten. So if I performed on the West end, I would be able to live in my own flat. Yeah. and spend more time with my friends and mm -hmm. not miss so many 
um, you know, birthdays and things like that. And yeah, when and, you're on tour, you know, you com- when you're on tour, you're completely isolated from. Sure, you've got your your touring family that you that you're with. Yeah. Um, whether it be land tours, whether it be cruise tours, whether it be wherever, yeah, absolutely, you're not, yeah, you're not based in your uh, your city or the place where you've got yeah. a, um, you're living out of a bag. That's that's yeah. touring, you know. Yeah, exactly. And um, and I think when you're on tour, um, you get given, particularly with musicals, if you're on tour with a musical, they give you your holiday weeks. They tell you this week will be a holiday week, so we will pay you, but it will be your holiday. holiday. Yeah. Whereas if you do a contract on the West End. You've got a year contract and it's just like any other job. You choose when you're going to take your holiday. Yeah. So you get four day, you get four weeks um, a year. And so if a really dear friend of yours is getting married, you can able to take that leave. Exactly. You can schedule your leave so that you can be at your, your dear friend's wedding. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the kind of um, creature comfort, Um, you know, staying at living in my flat being with my friends and being able to take holiday when I want to take holiday are the kind of little creature comforts that I would love to have. And that's one of the reasons I still want to, you know, keep chasing that dream of, of performing on the West end, because there are other things now that come with that, that I would love. Um, well, that's not to say that I wouldn't do it because I'm there next time. You know, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so that I can come see you. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say I wouldn't tour because I've had, I've seen some amazing places in the world through, yeah. through, through being involved in tours of musicals. And, um, and I would, a lot of places that I would never have had the opportunity to see. To, to go visit. Um, yeah. yeah, never. Like, and, and places also that weren't time. even on my list, you know, places that I would never have gotten to because I wouldn't have even thought to go there. And they've been some of the most amazing places I've ever been. You know, I think of, um, the Philippines, like the, the Philippine islands. Oh my gosh. Like I would yeah. never have thought to go there and yeah. it's, li- it is literally paradise. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Touring, so touring, I've loved touring, touring. touring brings out, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pro and a con, like just from my personal experience as well. You, yeah. um, like you said, you, you got the pros cause you get to see, um, the world, you get to see mm-hmm. places that you, possibly wouldn't have had on your, you know, let's go travel to and spend a night or two there. Um, and I mean, you were, you, you're getting paid to travel, you're getting paid to to see the world, which is, um, luckily, which we've both been able to do and it's amazing. But then, like you say, I mean, we both super young still, um, Mm. we spring chickens, but well, I'd like to think we are. Um, but I think you are, (laughs) (laughs) So are you. 33 is damn young. Um, but as, as we go along, even in, especially after doing tour, I found, um, mm. you do value the simple things of opening up your own fridge. You do value the things of, well, in my instance, it was just having some Wi-Fi connection so that you can at least contact family. Yeah. You can at least contact, I mean, you could be in South Korea. Who says that you're going to have, you know, maybe just at the hotel or wherever you're staying, but yeah. you're not going to be able to connect with your friends, your family, no. you know, in any other way. I mean, I've had, no. I've, I've watched my, my best friend's wedding through Skype, like through, yeah. through a laptop. That's unfortunately how I had to do it. So yeah. there's, there's pros, but then there are also, you know, the, yeah. the few cons. That's so funny. Cause I remember, I remember FaceTiming you several times from Starbucks's yeah. in sort of somewhere around the Mediterranean. Yeah, I'd be like, where are you? I'm like, you're like, I've just got off the ship. I've just got to a Starbucks yeah. and I'm Skyping you. And I used yeah. to think, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like well, they, that, they, it just, they, they call it the, they call it the Wi-Fi gold. Like when you, when you're on tour, if you, um, on the ships or if, you know, if you're doing anything where you're touring, um, Wi-Fi is, and I mean, if you said that 10 years ago, everyone would think you're crazy, but yeah. But in today's age, and you have the option to still speak with your family, speak with your friends, speak just to keep that mm. some level of sanity as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, amongst the, the craziness of mm. hotels to theaters, doing the gig, mm. taking the photos, going back to the hotel room, you know, mm. generally mm. by yourself or with one or two mm. other cast members. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just, it's not the same. Not the same. So I've got, you need a little I, I bit know of you, as well, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is for me? I know you're meant to be interviewing me, but I'm going to ask you a question now, which Perfect. is 
um, what, what kind of, when you were doing your career on the ships, what, what was the point at which you decided or you realized that um, you wanted to step away from that lifestyle and kind of um, settle yourself? Because, you know, I'm talking about my creature comforts here in London and that's what I want to do. I want to perform in, in the West End so that I can keep my creature comforts mm-hmm. and not have to give them up to go on tour. But I feel like with you moving to Budapest, in a way, you've kind of, um, you've kind of chosen to also go for, for a slightly more, you're still, you're still very much in the industry, but it's like you've realized that if you do this within the industry, you can keep some some sense of normality, creature comforts, you know, it's kind of. Yeah. So, so for, what was the what was that journey for you? For me, um, it's never really been the creature comfort. So I say the simple things of like opening your own fridge and, mm. you know, a particular food or spice or whatever you might like from home or um, yeah. it's not even that because because I did it, I think for a fair amount of time, I got over those cravings. Like I don't, you know, other than family, um, mm. you know, did I really miss getting in a car and driving somewhere? Uh, not really. Cause I'm not doing it now, you know? No. So, um, so the point came when probably when things got serious between myself and now my wife, um, mm-hmm. where, where I, I was still more than happy to to be on tour and still uh, still travel and I mean you know it, for me at least it beat any any job at home um, or yeah. any, any any job on land so so for me it was it was great you got different uh, different audiences different nationalities mm-hmm. um, but the point probably came where we were we were getting a little bit more serious in in my personal life in my relationship yeah. and then. Um, I was at home and there was an HR position. In that, PE. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was in PE at, at this point where I was speaking about. And uh, because I was, I was holding South African passport, my wife is holding a Hungarian passport. Um, we, well, then my fiance, it was, we still couldn't live in each other's places because I could only mm-hmm. be in Europe for X amount of time on my Schengen. She could only be in South Africa for X amount of time. It was a little bit 90 easy. days. Yeah. Yeah. 90 days. But, uh, but then eventually we went, okay, let's go into, I was looking for something maybe corporate this side because mm-hmm. we were like, Oh, you know, let's, let's shift across here. Started looking for something a little bit more corporate. Um, got fairly, uh, positive feedback on a few things. Um, where I dropped the towel, but in the good way to go, this is prob- I, yeah, this is probably not what I want to be doing, or at least not right now, like something corporate. Mm. So mm. I, uh, we started our, our company, the Empire Entertainment, and um, because we knew that we didn't want to tour forever, like, yeah. you, you know, should, should we want to get married? Um, you know, should you, we want kids, you know, at a later stage? Um, those things are possible when touring, mm. but then what, you, you know, yeah. but then what, then, then you go back, mm. okay, you've made all this money and then you technically still living out of a bag. Like, you know, mm. um, sure. I went, you know, we, you know, got all our assets and, you know, I got my assets in order and all that, but there came the point where, where we were like, let's just live a bit of normality or at least get a little bit of a, a, a ground set up. Yeah. And should we need to go back to touring? We, we were quite confident that we could, uh, yes. like the people that, that we've both worked with over the, over the, the few years, um, really, really good people. Like we, mm. you know, uh, didn't leave on any bad notes. Uh, I loved every company that, you know, that I was with. Um, so, so it was kind of that thing where we looked at each other and we went, yeah, let's, let's try while we still, you know, young or young while we still in our twenties, mm-hmm. like let's try set it up. And even if we are 35 and want to go back to touring, yeah, we could, you know, you can, if, yeah. If, if they wanted us. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, that, that was the decision. Do I miss touring? Does she mm-hmm. miss touring? 100%. 100%. Oh, really? Yeah, I miss oh, it. Oh, that interest that. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I, I miss it a ton. Um, but then going, I mean, and you know, like Facebook's got this, um, 
mm. these memories that pop up. Oh, four years yeah. ago, you, you were in Bora Bora. Um, six years ago, <laughs> you were in India. Like, and all yeah. these memories keep popping up like over the, I, I did like a few little segments of the world tour. So I've traveled yeah. the world. And all these, all these memories keep popping up. And it's those moments where I'm like, yeah. man, oh. I really wish I could go back and do that again. Yeah. But also, on the other hand, we made this choice for a reason. Like, yes, um, we made this decision for the longer, the longer term, term picture. Yeah. Um, and as, and I suppose to, to also get yourselves in one in the same place. So I suppose um, also, you've got, I, certain, I don't know how much longer, but you've got a certain amount of time. You've got to stay there before you can get a, you know, long-term passport or long-term yeah. visa so that you no, guys can, you know, you guys can set yourselves up together. Completely. Sure. Uh, look, I mean, we are, you know, we are pretty set up um, already from that perspective, but um, I mean, we could go live in South Africa as well. Like there's no, mm. you know, there's, we, we both very open with, uh, um, we, we're not limiting ourselves really to, to mm. anything, not, not at least until the time comes in our lives where we decide to, you know, have children or, um, mm. so, so for, yeah, I mean, for, for me, the decision was more, I want to stay, how I started, you know, the Empire Statement is a whole different story. Um, mm -hmm. and my reason behind that is a whole different story. Um, but I definitely knew that I wanted to carry on with my personal career. Plus I still wanted to create this platform f to offer other people, you know, opportunities. Cause like I said, the yeah. people that offered me the opportunities from NPE to, yeah. you know, everyone that's, and they probably don't even know who they are, but, but from the, the unpaid work all the way to, um, you know, the person who connected me with, you know, the, the cruise ship shout out Shireen, um, to, Yay, Serene. to, to everyone, like, you know, to my employers, to Gary at center stage, to, every, mm. but I've got a lot of important people that have had, that have kind of helped me path my, uh, where I am now. Um, yeah. and even though they probably won't know, like, I don't forget about them. Like they, yeah. you know, if, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember the people that put me or helped me get to where I am to where you are. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, there's been a journey and, uh, that time came, yeah, probably after about four or so years on the ship where I went, I still like touring. I still, you know, enjoy mm. it. Should my, my wife now had not come into my life, I mm. probably would have still been doing it for, for a little bit longer. Um, yeah. but she didn't force me to stop either because no. we were engaged. We still did like another about another eight or nine months together where we were still yeah. to it. Um, Isn't that one of the great things about cruise ships? I think, I think most of the cruise companies are really good about if you, if you do manage to, you know, f meet somebody and, and find somebody that you want to spend, you know, time with the cruise ships are very accommodating from what I've heard. Uh, yeah, you that's, can that's, sort that's of a, say to them double sided uh, sword. Um, oh, really? Some are, some aren't. Uh, it just depends on, I even know from like our, our point of view, we, we look at the relationship, like, is it a very fresh one? Cause probably not. Cause things mm. can go South and it just creates bad chemistry amongst the cast. Um, yeah. but if it is like someone that's been in a relationship for three years and you know, they dance amazingly or sing amazingly together or act yeah. amazingly together, yeah. then, um, but you're quite right in general, most, mm. uh, I'll generalize mm. most uh, yeah. are quite accommodating. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's cool. So that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist in, 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 the, in my but, world. <laughs> but, but also to be fair, because, because of the typecasting, you have to have particular looks, particular uh, styles. Yeah. And where, whereas, you know, if it is just a, a review style show, mm. you know, the dancers have to dance or be able to dance in these particular styles. Um, but it's a bit more, how can I say like, you know, you're not going to go and, and do a ballet show. You know, you're not going to yeah. go and do tap dogs because you're not yeah. a, you know, you're not a professional. Yeah. Tap. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, with the, with the cruising, I think there is a bit more leniency with the types of shows, but then yeah. let me, let me just give the other side of the story. Uh, and a lot of casting directors will say that there is certain uh, shows that are very, you know, yeah. very particular of what they want, look, height, yeah. 
Um, well, I mean, the Royal Caribbeans are doing full-on West End shows now, so full on, full on. they have to be they have to be just as specific. You so, know? and then they and then they almost have to be more specific because those exact people that do Mamma Mia on the ship have to also do the other show, the the the, the sort of like production the um, production style show, yeah, 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 style show. So, um, so now you've actually got to cast them as you know. Donna in Mamma Mia, but she also has to be able to do, you know, some aerial because like that's what she has to do in the other. Yeah, yeah. you do, and, and you think to yourself, oh, now now we're getting into some serious business. Yeah, yeah I mean, it can, it can be just sort of from my personal experience, it can be very tricky, but there is uh, just getting from um, since being now not the person on stage, but the person behind the scenes to you know get everything on stage. Um, there is a ton of talented people. A ton. Mm. Like there mm. is no shortage of talent. Um, mm. Not in South Africa. Not in you. Not nowhere. There, there is mm. talent. We get. I don't even want to lie to you, but sometimes we can get hundreds of applications um, in a day, sure. and there is. Yeah, I mean the amount of talent that I've that I've seen. I'm like, oh. mm. and some of these talents. Then you look at the CV, and they've done like some small, you know, parts, probably amateur theater in their local, um, yeah. you know, their, their local like charity production or something like that. And you're going, but you, you could, you know, you could be a, like center stage somewhere. Like, you know, mm. that's how good you are, but maybe yeah. because they're from a smaller city, they haven't had auditions come to them. They haven't, uh, yeah. they haven't had anyone. I think that's one of the big things in South Africa is, um, is that, you you've if you want to do the cruising or whatever it is you've got to go and chase those auditions down because you know people don't come to port elizabeth to to mm -hmm. try and find singers for ships and yet i know so many yourself mandisa you know shireen nikki kluter back you know um when she started out she did mm -hmm. cruise ships you know um kyle carl matthews you know like <laughs> so met so much talent has come from pe but they've had to go to cape town or, or whatever for the audition or or you know it's it's you, you kind of almost have to be more determined i think if you come from from somewhere where the opportunities aren't on your doorstep yeah you've got to like and i think in a way sometimes that's maybe what kind of pushed you as well got me through yeah, got yeah me through. it's not just walking out of your your door in new york catching one or two metro stops and then you're at the audition yeah. like yeah. you literally have to put quite a bit on the line you have to risk quite a lot uh, yeah you know, for that opportunities or the opportunity yeah, and i mean you know i i also think like i, I i'm not i'm not sort of philosophical um or uh, what am i trying to say i'm not um i don't believe in sort of like the crazy stuff, but I think sometimes fate is got a, a, a place in, in all of our lives. And, um, you know, I just, I'll just say like, there was a point in my, before I even graduated, there was a point when I was at drama school and, um, obviously things were very expensive. Um, I, I didn't, I struggled to get a job straight away when I moved to London. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was a time when I really, really thought that I was going to run out of money and that within a month I was going to have to fly home and that was going to be the end of the stream. Yeah. And, and literally, I, I, it literally happened like it was in a film. The next morning, my mother phoned me and she said, you know what, I've just had a call from the National Arts Council. So obviously I'd sent off an application um, to the National Arts Council of South Africa. But my mom phoned me, she says, you, you won't believe this, National Arts Council have just given you you know, a massive, um, bursary. a massive bursary. So Mountview had given me a bursary for my, for my fees. So I wasn't paying that much for my fees, but, but the my, living. um, my living expenses were, were, you oh. know, they were London living expenses and my parents were sending me South African money. Right. So right. it was, you know, as much, as much as they were helping me, it, it, I needed, to, I needed to be working. And eventually I did get that sorted out and I was able to sort of work and, um, and that kind of put me through, through school, but I, I needed that, that bursary from the National Arts Council. And it genuinely happened like I was, I was about to phone my parents and say, do you know what, I think this is the end. Yeah. And, and it happened. And then, you know, you were asking earlier about, you know, that, that point where, where maybe you're ready to throw in the towel. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, it, it kind of came and, 
and and it's always, almost weird because it's almost like the industry <laughs> this is like giving the industry personality which obviously is not real but it's like the industry wants to challenge you it's like the industry wants to push you to the absolute end of your see if tether. you break and if you do and, break can you come back yeah yeah and then it's like so you know i think there's been two occasions where i've thought i don't think i can do this any longer and it's almost both it's almost been like the week after i've had that thought process and been like do you know what i think this is it the industry will be like no 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 no. come i've got a show for you and and you can come and do it you think to yourself wow why does it have to happen that way but it sometimes does. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to. I want to give a big shout out to uh, to and Richard could could. I think I can speak for both of us, but for all the people that not only in South Africa or in PE or uh, wherever you might be, but those that are nurturing talent, um, mm-hmm. and not only nurturing talent, but but trying to help direct them into uh, the right way while being realistic so not going you amazing my boy or my girl um but actually giving them the hard criticism or structured criticism yeah. um yeah. and then those that basically just those guiders the, the guidance mm. um, mentors the, yeah. the mentors because um I, you know i never went to drama school or, or singing school or anything like that so um i can't say i've got one but yeah. but over the year and I would, I have to give it a lot to the amateur. So, so all the free stuff, all the free work mm-hmm. that, that, that I did, um, that was where I gained the most, I think. Yeah. Um, even yeah. maybe not, like I, I said in a previous podcast, maybe not sometimes even what to do, but I learned what not to do sometimes. Sometimes. So yeah. 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 Like, you know, there's this particular way you carry yourself in rehearsals, in a casting, in, um, mm you know, the way you speak with a choreographer, uh, you know, musical mm-hmm. director, whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've got to give a big shout out to all those people in the UK, in South Africa, wherever that are um, nurturing talent and they don't get recognized or they don't get financially rewarded for nurturing this talent. Um, yeah. But generally those people, I'm going to say those people, you know who you are out there, um, you're not doing it for the financial gain. You, you, mm. 99% of the time you're doing it because that's where your heart and your passion lies. Um, yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, we've got uh, mutual people that we know that, that do this. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, just, I'm good. You, you shout out to, you gave a shout out to Shireen earlier and I've got to give a shout out to obviously Robin. Yeah. Um, Robin, because she, you know, she saw the potential in me and she absolutely mentored me from, I think I've known Robin since I was yeah, 10 man. years old. Yeah. You know, um, so she literally, yeah, she saw it in me and she, she knew it was possible and, and she knew that I wanted it that much that, um, that she gu- guided me all the way, you know, she guided, she did my, my training for my Mountview audition and mm-hmm. I got into Mountview because of her. So yeah. whoop, whoop. big ups to, to Mr. Robin Williams. Um, yeah. yeah, there's, there's a ton. Uh, and I mean, we could go through a list, you know, of, of people, but of course there's, you know, whoever's watching this and is in this space, um, even if it is in a corporate type of business setting, um, mm. you know, I'm sure everyone can can just stop and think for a moment of one person that played quite an important role, even though they might not realize it, they played an important mm. role of putting you or helping you get to um, the position you are in your career, in your yeah. your film or your acting or, yeah. um, or yeah. your accounting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, big ups to that. So I know we've covered quite a bit throughout this time. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any aspirations? Uh, and it's something that I, I, I like to ask because um, it gives you a little bit of open platform. You can answer or don't have to, um, but yeah. not goals. I like to call them aspirations. Do you have any yeah. aspirations of what you would still love to do? Even if it's maybe not in your reach right now, maybe it could be yeah. in, um, in a few years or let me give you another option. Is there, a musical or film or something within your current industry yeah. uh, that potentially you think you might not ever be suited for it, but it's something that you've always loved, you know, that you've always really loved to, uh, to be a part of. Um, so the one that I, the one that I feel I might not get the chance to do 
um, is Cats. It's just an absolute dream show of mine. And I think there was a time when it was kind of possible, but but you never know. There are, you know, I think I focus when I think of Cats, I think I focus on the younger characters, but there are some older characters as well. Mm-hmm. So who knows, maybe when I get older, I'll play, play Gus the Theatre Cat or something. So mm-hmm. that's the one that's out of reach. My dream shows um, at the moment are Wicked and Billy Elliot. Yeah. But I'm also very lucky because um, I've, I've also been in my dream show, which was War Horse, and I, I did it. You know what I mean? So um, I'm, uh, from that point of view, like, I, I count myself very lucky that yeah, I've, I've, I've achieved one of my um, sort of all-time dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then talking about like career-wise, actually. And, and, and anyway, yeah, let, let, me, let me give you another little uh, snippet on that. It doesn't have to be in entertainment. So this could be anything, mm. you know, you want to start, uh, you know, your own lemon juice or, you know, whatever. <laughs> is there anything outside um, of maybe the entertainment field? That well, it is, it, it's not outside of the entertainment field, but it is within the entertainment field. It's not something I've had the chance to do yet, but I would love to be, um, I mean, I'd love to be a director in my own right. Um, but uh, sort of in the interim, I think the next step for me uh, which is often the next step for people who've been swings because people who've been swings and dance captains and things, they start to, when you're performing one track, one role, you, you just need to know what that, what that role does. Yeah. When you're doing, when you're being a swing, you need to know what all the roles are doing yeah. at that time. Yeah. And that's also applies for people who are dance captain. They need to know, they don't need to just know their choreography. They need to know everyone's choreography. And, um, and, and, I've, I've read a few sort of like books about it and um, sometimes people who've been swings because they start to get an eye for the, for the bigger picture, they sometimes graduate into maybe being like a resident director or a um, associate director. So I think moving towards being a director is like my, my sort of next career path yeah. but similarly to you i don't think i'm done with performing yet no of course um, not. You, you're so slowly you're i mean knowing you you'll slowly integrate them when you feel the time is right you're not gonna yeah say, and i think it might be to do you know as you've said i think it might be to do with like just other other priorities other things becoming important um you know so maybe there'll be another reason maybe there'll be a reason that I don't want to leave London for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe the performing uh, jobs aren't coming my way. And maybe that's when I'll really pursue being a director. But so I know that it's something I want to do, um, but whether I'm ready to f- pursue it full time yet is kind of mm-hmm. up in the air. Yeah. Great. Richard, I have to <sighs> thank you a ton. For, thank you. Uh, for for, being, this has for been really fun. Yeah, this has been great. Um, and I hope that the people that are watching have, um, even if you're not involved in the entertainment field, I hope that you've got something out of uh, our discussion that we've had. Um, because a lot of the things that we spoke about from casting to, it can relate to corporate work. It can relate to uh, anything really um, mm. with just when throwing in the towel, when not to, when to persevere, you know, different challenges that we all have. Um, but yeah, I hope Richard's uh, story and his journey, it's a, this is only the start. I, I mean, I, I can, <laughs> I know this is just the start for you. And of course I do follow your, your journey cause we're friends. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, I've said this to you before, there, you've got a ton of talent running through your body. So thank you. So, so for sure, this will just be the tip. And, um, once the world decides what it's doing with uh, Brexit and this exit and this, and when I come to the UK, um, yes. for a decent period of time. Um, I would like to come when, when you'll be on the West end. Um, yeah. or if you're on a touring cost, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll maybe see. I'll be, maybe I'll be in the Hungarian production of, um, maybe. school of rock. Maybe I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> you, you probably will be in the touring one and not the, <laughs> I've seen a ton of local ones here. Um, my understanding for the language is so, so, uh, well, it's quite good at this stage, but, um, but I've watched a ton. I mean, I watched, we will rock you for example, in Hungarian. In Hungarian. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great. 
but there's certain songs that you just don't translate like no. you know um, um and i'll yeah. I'll, I'll leave i'll leave it at that uh <laughs> anyway jace i want to say a big thank you to you for yeah. asking me to do this and also say that um you've also got loads of talent running through your body because i've seen your tiktoks <laughs> hashtag quarantine vibes <laughs> Hashtag loving it. Yeah, thank you, man. I look that that was something that um, you know that's that's not really you know normal day life, um, especially with my wife. Like that's not something that that we would have necessarily dedicated some but time. But it's brilliant. To. Like it's uh, it's so good. Like thank you so much. This looks and, like so much fun. And, and you're talking about talent running through the bones. That's that's not even my profession. That's not even vocal ability. That's that's exactly fun. that's you dancing. I always watch him and I'm like, I'm like, oh, she must have coached him through that. <laughs> yep. You, you're quite right. Like, I've got to, <laughs> but like, you smash it. I've got to try to watch the choreography slowly because my brain, obviously, I'm, you know, not a dancer. Like, I don't, my brain doesn't tick, especially if you haven't been doing shows or whatever for a while. Mm. You, you catch on a little bit. It takes a bit longer to catch on to. Yeah. But, uh, but they're 15 second clips. So I'm just like, wake up you can you, know, <laughs> you can nail it in, in 15 seconds but thank you so much yeah um, no worries i appreciate it uh everybody okay. uh thank you for watching i do appreciate it um one last thing before we go richard those yes. who are watching i will put it in the description below um mm -hmm. once once this video is up forever on the the world wide web um yeah on facebook and youtube so for now, where can people connect with you, find you, chat to you, give you some feedback, what they thought about the yeah. Um So I've, I've got, had to get my phone out because I don't remember my social media logins no um, <laughs> easily. But uh, so it's Richard underscore Vorster. So, uh, and Vorster is with a V-O-R because I'm from South Africa. Um, so yeah, Richard underscore Vorster is my Instagram and my Twitter. So you can follow me there and if you want to send me a message i think my dms are open slide into the dm great uh I'll, I'll link all of that below but uh for those that have watched please give it a thumbs up uh share it um because it's going to be i'm going to keep it online i'm not going to remove the live thread so share it with anyone that's uh in the industry or anyone that might know us share it with whoever uh, would like to watch this and um i thank you so much for your time no, it's been a pleasure. Thank it's, you. It's, it's been great. Okay. Cheers, everyone. We'll chat soon. Bye. This is uh, Coffee and Perspective 002 with my great friend, Richard Foster. Cheers, everyone. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee and Perspective. If you enjoyed it, please go like, rate, review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening to this as your feedback will mean a ton to me. Until next time, cheers.